Okay. I was a little afraid. We're going to continue our study of Ecclesiastes. If you want to turn, we're right at the end of chapter 9 this morning, right at the end. <coughs> but we're going to talk about who you are matters. You would agree with me if I said who you are matters, right? I'll give you a, a, a for instance, uh, an example. You don't want financial advice from me. You want it from a financial advisor because who you are matters. You don't want legal advice from just anybody. You want legal advice from a lawyer or from a judge or somebody with a legal background. Who you are matters. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. That's where Solomon leads us. Who you are matters. You can even look at this on the, on the opposite side. You can see the downside of this. For instance, if we, we treat a moral failure... Of a, the, uh, of a ministry leader completely differently than the moral failure of a businessman, right? Because who you are matters. So again, Solomon is going to lead us to, to understand who you are matters. So we'll be right at the end of, of chapter 9 this morning. We're going to start in verse 13 of chapter 9 and go to the end. I have observed this also is wisdom under the sun, and it is significant to me. There was a small city with a few men in it. A great king came against it, surrounded it, and built large siege works against it. Now a poor wise man was found in the city and delivered the city by his wisdom. Yet no one remembered that poor man. And I said, wisdom is better than strength. But the wisdom of the poor man is despised, and his words are not heeded. The calm words of the wise are heeded more than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner can destroy much good. So let's, let's kind of start. He, he gives us two examples. He talks about the poor wise man. And he, he, he tells us this village is being attacked by this great king. Now, I, I, to set the stage for, in your mind for this, picture a city with walls and, and a king coming against this city with walls. What they did was they would lay siege to it. They would surround it and they would build siege works that went up to the walls of the city so that nobody could get in and nobody could get out. Now, the water, the food, the, where, where the crops were, that's outside the city walls. So the people inside the city couldn't get to the crops, so they couldn't eat. And nobody could get in to help them either because of the siege around. So they would build these ramps up the city walls, either out of wood or out of dirt, just moving earth, uh, to, to put these siege works against the, the, the city walls so that nobody can get in, nobody can get out, and, and the invading ar army can eventually overcome the city by, by scaling the walls because they have built these siege works. So that's what's happening here. And <clears throat> and, but in this village is this poor wise man, and he saves the city by his wisdom. Now, we are not told what this wisdom is. We're not told how he saves this city. That's not what's important here. What's important is who you are matters. 
what's important is that he sees that, that, that this man, even though he was, he was wise and he saved the city, he was forgotten in death. When this guy died, nobody remembered that he saved the city. Now, if your, um, if your life is just this life, if there's nothing beyond this life, no reward, no justice after this life, then the only thing you can hope for is being remembered in this life. And being remembered in this life is taken away from this guy, even though he saved the city. It's the worst thing that can possibly happen if this life is all there is, if this life is all that we have. So then in verse 16, we see that the wisdom is despised. The, The poor man's wisdom is not heeded at all. Nobody wants to hear the wisdom of a poor man. Who you are matters. Now, again, um, we could, there, there are so many examples. Would you take marriage advice from a divorced marriage counselor? Who you are matters, right? You, there's, we just have expectations for who you are, and who you are matters. And that's what Solomon is saying. Even though this guy was wise enough to save a city, he's forgotten, and his words are not even heeded. The poor man's wisdom is not even heeded. Now, Solomon still maintains that wisdom is worth getting. He says it's better than strength. He says it's better than weapons of war. And he even says that, that even the whispers of the wise are better than the shouts of the ruler of fools. That, that honestly just brings to mind all of social media to me. The, 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 the shouts of fools just brings social media to, to my mind. The, the whisper of the wise is better than the shouts of the rulers of fools or the, the, the shouts of fools. It matters who you are. So then he talks about the sinner. One sinner can destroy much good. Now, wisdom builds, sin destroys. And so we, we can actually understand this. There's several biblical examples of this. One of them is uh, the, the story of Achan. Achan, uh, it, you know the story of, of uh, Joshua and the walls and Jericho. Um, they, they march around the city seven times and, and, and shout, blow horns. The walls fall down. The, the city is theirs. And so God tells them, don't take any, any of the, the, the stuff from Jericho because you didn't fight that battle, I did. So don't take any stuff. Well, Achan takes stuff, and he brings it home. And so then Israel is in another battle. The next battle, they're, they're battling the Amorites, and they lose. Even though they, are, they have the Amorites outnumbered, even though they're stronger, they lose the battle. And God tells Joshua it's because of Achan's sin. Achan's sin, the sin of one man, makes Israel lose a battle. Then we have in 1 Kings 12, that's in Joshua 7, by the way, if you want to read that story. In 1 Kings 12, we have the story of Rehoboam. Rehoboam is a king, is the king of Israel, and he's an arrogant guy. And he just does not like both Israel and Judah. We have a combined Israel right now, and Rehoboam, by his arrogance, splits them. He says, I don't care about Jerusalem. I got nothing to do with David. I don't care. And so, 
Israel splits into Israel and, and Judah because of the arrogance of Rehoboam. Everything that David fought for and that David's son Solomon, who's writing this, combined and made prosperous is lost because of the, the arrogance of one man, Rehoboam. Who you are matters, and one sinner can mess up everything. We can even go back to Genesis 3. We did last week. We can look at Genesis 3 again. Because the sin, sin of Adam comes down all the way to us. It gives us a nature so bent towards sin that sin is inevitable. And that comes from Adam. Uh, Romans uh, 5, Paul tells us, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way death spread to all people, because all sinned. Adam's sin condemned mankind to this sin nature that we have. One sinner can make an enormous difference. One sinner can tear down so much of what wisdom builds. I, uh, I was talking to somebody this morning. Think, about the, think this through. How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? One. How many times do you have to tell the truth to be considered truthful? All the time. Every time. One sinner can tear down so much that wisdom builds. Now, he still talks about wisdom and says wisdom still pays benefits no matter who you are. And you can, you can see this. Israel is one of the smallest nations on earth. It is completely surrounded by people who want to, to wipe it out, destroy it, and shove it into the sea. And yet, by the hand of God and by wisdom, they still exist and still prosper. Wisdom does pay benefit. And, the, and we talked earlier when we when we've looked at wisdom, godly wisdom versus the world's wisdom, we, we understood that Christ is the wisdom of God, embodied. Christ embodies the wisdom of God. I want to read you a quote from one of the early church fathers. He said, But let a man attend to the counsels of wisdom given by our blessed Lord, and all he can desire is attained at once. Peace will flow into his soul as soon as, as ever his conscience is sprinkled with the blood of Christ. His powers are invigorated with supernatural strength. The moment he by faith apprehends the Lord Jesus, from being so weak as to not be able to do anything, he becomes instantly so strong as to be able to do all things. The wisdom of God is Christ. Who you are matters. I keep saying who you are matters. Let me give you a short list, and they're, they're up here, a short list of who you are in Christ. Colossians 2.10 says you are complete in him. He's the ruler in, uh, over all authority, and you are complete in him. Romans 8.2 says that you're free from the law of sin and death. Philippians 4.7 says you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. John 4, 1 John 4, 4 says that the, the Spirit of God that's in you is greater than any enemy in the world. Ephesians 1 
tells us you have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus so that you have the hope of Christ. Philippians 4.13 says you can do anything through Christ who strengthens you. 1 Peter 1.23 says you're born again, spiritually transformed, renewed, set apart for God's purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says you are God's workmanship, or, or literally you are his masterpiece, formed, created in Christ for the good works he has set before you. 2 Corinthians 5.17, one of my favorite verses, says you are a brand new creation in Christ. This is a small list of who you are in Christ, and who you are matters. Who you are matters. This is a short list, and there are literally hundreds that could be put on this, uh, on, the, on this slide that show you who you are in Christ. I don't know who you are in this world. Maybe in this world, nobody listens to you. Maybe in this world, it seems like nobody is listening to you at all. But I can tell you that your Savior, the creator and sustainer of everything we know, he's listening. He heard you. He's listening. Maybe I won't speak for you, I'll speak for me. One sinner messed up my whole life, me. But in Christ, I'm a victor. In Christ, I have the victory. Maybe a one sinner messed up your life. But in Christ, you have the victory. You are who you were made to be. And who you are matters. So I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a minute. Because I just need to ask this question. Who are you in Christ? Do you know Christ? Because you can this morning. It's a simple prayer. We simply, we simply acknowledge that we have sin. God, I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died in my place on that cross. He died to pay my price. And so I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life and make me who you intended me to be. Because who I am in Christ matters. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor. Let them know. Let somebody know that you are a new creation in Christ this morning. Maybe this morning you need the strength, the power, the wisdom to fight an enemy that seems like he's besieging you. Your Savior, the creator and sustainer of the, of the whole world is waiting to give you the wisdom you need for any enemy you have. Will you ask him this morning? Father, each of us are fighting an enemy today. Each of us are in battle. We ask you to empower us. We ask you to give us wisdom 
to live this life the way you would have us live. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing.